Oh my God, I watched the first three iCarly episodes. I missed those characters. Yeah, I saw a clip today of Miranda Cosgrove and she she said the B word. Yeah, so they like cuss in this like several yeah. times. At first, I wasn't listening for it. And when I heard it one time and I'm like, oh my gosh, how many times have they said it? And I just didn't even realize because <laughs> that's just like the way that people around me speak. But they've definitely made some strides into progressiveness there is a at least uh i don't know if she might be bi or lesbian but there is a girl who is interested in another girl on this show they don't like hide it or anything i mean they make it very <laughs> clear that it is a female to female relationship happy pride month nickelodeon's doing it right have you seen what blues clues is doing too it's like yes with nina nina west oh, yeah yes Incredible. I don't know. I, I just did not expect it. Like all of a sudden, Paramount's just like killing it with the new Nickelodeon stuff, especially when it comes to stuff from my childhood that you are revamping like Rugrats and iCarly. <laughs> you definitely feel the loss of Sam's presence. Like if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just ignore it. I'm not uh, advising that you go watch iCarly. But if you know what iCarly is and you know that there's a new version of iCarly and you know that Sam, who is Jeanette McCurdy, is not on it, you definitely feel the loss of Sam's presence. But um, there are some new characters that are funny enough and I enjoy enough. The actual web show is not a very big part of the show. Hmm. It's actually kind of minuscule so far. I've seen the three episodes and I think they've done maybe like two little skits and that's all we've seen so far. So do they bring up Sam's absence? Like do they explain yeah, it away? She okay. is uh, away with a biker gang. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. No, she's away with Ariana Grande doing like a babysitter's club thing. Oh my God. Isn't, isn't that Sam as well? Yeah. Isn't yeah. That, yeah. It's yeah. the Sam same character, Kat. right? Yeah. That's one of those shows that Briley makes me watch. I mean, I watched it when it was on, so. <laughs> but now we have rewatched it. Uh, oh, you know what, though? I showed her iCarly because I was like, hey, Sam's on this too. And she didn't like it because it didn't have Cat on it. Mm. I love that show. I'm sorry. I don't know if this is like the proper way to introduce this episode, but <laughs> I was really excited that iCarly actually had. Uh, a decent premiere. Again, it's not as fantastic as I remember it uh, when I was younger. I, I don't want to say when I was a kid because I feel like I was probably <laughs> an adult for some of this show's run, but whatever. I cried during the finale. I've seen every episode of that show. I'm a very big fan of iCarly, and I hope that someone out there is as well. Okay, we're here to talk about a couple of things, but first off, this is how we do quick takes. We talk about like what we've watched lately. Mm -hmm. I try to do at least I try to watch at least one new movie by the time we record our quick takes. But I feel like I have a lot to go over. We were together this weekend. We spent the weekend together and we watched probably like what? Six or seven new movies. Yeah. And shows and stuff. It was nuts. Yeah. Like how much I, I was logging stuff on Letterboxd. I'm like. <laughs> the four the first four overlap but uh i guess the first well five really uh, but i've kind of already talked about this we watched Bo burnham's inside i even heard i even specifically heard you say i'm gonna turn my phone off i meant to and yeah the and it, the, the audio volume is down but mm -hmm. if it helps it was the girls <laughs> it was our aunties and it was kayleen specifically it says kayleen laughed at an image so blame Kayleen. Yeah, I'm glad you had your notification. Like, I don't know what we would have done if you didn't know that she had laughed at that image at this specific moment. I totally agree. I'm going to actually <laughs> turn my phone back up. No. Just in case. Just in case. What if Kimmy doesn't like it and she frowns at the image? <laughs> it's funny that they, uh, what they sent us, the girls will know this, but what they sent us is... Uh, directly related to what we're doing today so yeah it's a post that it's says how that worked out jennifer's body right because y'all know obviously by the title that we are doing jennifer's body we're talking about jennifer's body uh and it says pride month but the d-e-m-o-n in pride month are circled 
like demon and that's perfect because i i just thought that is hysterical courtney sent us that and that's thank you for sharing that wonderful post with us courtney (laughs) and thank you for laughing at it kayleen and interrupting our show (laughs) uh Back to what we were saying. Uh, we watched I Showed You Bo Burnham's Inside. Have we talked about this before? I don't think so. Because the last thing I recorded was was Vivarium, and I talked about making that a priority to watch. So All I want to say is that I absolutely loved it. I thought it was the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> and that's saying a lot because I really, really, really love everything he's ever done. I loved it as well. A lot of the songs are bangers i have listened to that whole album several times now yeah it's they're great they're so catchy uh if you're familiar with bo burnham and haven't seen these yet don't go in expecting like a laugh riot because i don't think it's it is funny it has comedic elements but it's much more serious and i think trying to be much more relatable and upon my first watch i was a little bit hesitant to give it like a full five stars i have found out that he was married which kind of changed the tone of it a little bit it almost felt like remember back in the beginning of quarantine when all of the celebrities got together and were they yeah. patched together that series of videos and that like, was that was singing uh what's the song oh it's the john lennon song i can't think of what it's called is it imagine yes 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 yeah uh, I thought it was cute, but then everybody online lost their fucking minds over it. So. It's, it's just a little bit tasteless. I get it's it. like, yeah. oh, you're going to film yourself in this tiny ass space thinking that you're all alone and you, you know, you're trying to project this idea that life is so difficult being all alone and you're fucking married. You have a companion with you the whole time. Yeah. It, it, that was just like a minor thing uh, that kind of just twisted the the message for me a little bit, but I've watched it twice since then. And I'm like, I don't even care anymore. It's just so fun. And you called it, you said it it felt less like, like, I don't even know. I'm paraphrasing, but you said it, it felt like less real and more performance art. Right. Uh, Cause to me, it it almost felt like a diary entry and it was something that I could really relate to because I was sort of in the same situation for this whole year. I've been alone in my apartment and I was like, yeah, this is this is something that's super, super relatable. And then I find out that he's married and he has a he has someone there with him to cope with it. And again, it doesn't it doesn't really diminish it a lot, but I sort of had this this thing, this view of this movie in my head. And at the end of it, it kind of just like flipped right on its head. And I was like, oh, that's weird. It was it was a weird shift in tone. I understand that because I think even though uh, we're acknowledging that people that live with another individual still had it hard during quarantine. Right, right. It's like different than what was presented to us. Uh, what we were presented and not necessarily told, but I, I feel like we were led to believe that he was pretty much living and creating every day in that, little area where a room in his house or a shed looking back though he did he sang a lot about and talked a lot about you know his his struggles with mental health and stuff yeah and i think those portions are still relatable like those obviously you can have those and still have a partner and you can have Mm -hmm. those and still be single and he's always been super relatable i think like he has a lot of really poignant music that was released you know years ago as well i really love bo burnham he's a fucking genius (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's really great he was also yeah he was also great and promising young woman too if you haven't seen that go see it i was just about to say i killed that role. i love oh. him in promising young woman uh <laughs> just watch promising young woman and I, I that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't want to say anything else about it but yeah watch promising young woman then listen to our episode with courtney about promising young woman uh next on my list is hunt for the wilder people oh my god via your uh suggestion i'd never even heard of this movie and you're like oh my god it's out let's watch it so we watched it yeah i mean it's old but it's a taika movie yeah and i don't know if you guys don't know who taika watiti is he uh wrote and directed jojo rabbit and he directed uh thor ragnarok thor ragnarok i was like of course we need to give this a shot and it was so good uh <laughs> I loved it so much. It was, I just had such a good time with it, and it ends so beautifully. It's so funny, and that fucking kid is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He is so, he's so cool. And That he, movie was a great time. Yeah, 
And Sam Neill, oh my gosh. Yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. dials it up to an 11. Uh, <laughs> it's just such a silly, fun movie. I just really enjoy it. It was a blast. Uh, the next one is Spree. <laughs> I knew you uh, were I, Oh God, I hated it. it. I was. I get that it was satire, but I don't think it went all the way with it. Small spoilers for this. When he went into that comedy club with a gun, I'm like, are we watching this right now? Is this actually happening? Like, are we meant to sympathize with this person who is like in the midst of all these fucking shootings? Like that just did not sit well with me at all. I don't know that we're supposed to sympathize with him in particular. I think it's more of a showcase of what social media can do to an individual. And in that regard, it's sad, but I don't feel bad for Kurt. I think his name is Kurt. Kurt's World 96 yeah. <laughs> or something. Follow for follow. Uh, basically, if you guys don't know what this is, it's uh, Joe Keery, who is in Banger Strings. And he is like an Uber driver who films his everyday experience. And things go a little wacko. So I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I had a good time. I think... Uh, I don't know. I think it was an interesting way to present a movie like that. I don't, again, I don't want to spoil it. You guys should just watch that too and develop your own um, opinion. And it'll probably be similar to mine and not Jordan's. I'm probably in the minority. It just, it just made me uncomfortable. I it's okay. Like I it. mean, I, it made me uncomfortable too. Definitely. Definitely. But I think there was still a lot of merit there. Uh, next is the descent. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, you you wanted to watch that, uh, yeah. and I'd seen it before, but we sat there in the dark, and mm-hmm. it's nightmarish. Uh, talk about like influencer behavior. I have some U, not UV LED lights behind my TV, so we made them all red and like really set the mood. It was it was scary as hell. It, it was terrifying. That is a truly terrifying movie. I don't want to ruin anything, but there is a point that we both agreed. Uh, yeah. Basically, the movie takes a a turn that we don't agree with. And if it was just what was going on prior to uh, that in the middle of the film, rather than the beginning or the end. Yeah, I'd be OK with that because like the beginning, even it just feels kind of out of place to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's sort of unnecessary. Does? The beginning does? Yeah, the beginning of the descent. Like what happens and then oh, like, to, the yeah, hospital yeah. and everything. I just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Spoilers for uh, a movie that's years and years and years old. Um, <laughs> 2005 is Yeah, the beginning, <laughs> something bad happens and there's what feels like, I feel like I remember it was like a dream sequence. And I understand that it sort of sets up things that happen further in the film. But I just want to see a movie about people spelunking and shit going wrong and i think that's what (laughs) like that was what was truly terrifying to both of us yeah Uh, when things changed a little bit it became less relatable obviously yeah there are some characters that appear kind of midway through the film even before they show up i i remember saying to you like this is the scariest movie i have ever seen it was like like when they when they are traveling through that cave it it Oh, it, it made me so nervous and, and I did not. Oh, it made me so uncomfortable and it was so good. And I really don't think that the later half, I wish it kind of continued with that. I really do like yeah. the idea of just being in a cave and things go wrong. Um, but it was still a fun time regardless. I'm not like super mad at what happens after. I still found it scary. It's just like when a movie is so good, you tend to, even while watching it, sort of have expectations of what you want to see happen and how you want things to play out. They don't play out the exact way that I think we wanted to, but it is still very scary and it is still a a fun movie to watch. I don't know why I love nonfiction horror so much, but that one really, like the beginning of that movie, the first half really like checked those boxes for me. It was, it was great. I understand what you mean when you say nonfiction horror. It's not necessarily based on a specific thing, but like it could happen in real life, right? Right. Well, right. then what is your deal with slashers? Because those are all real. <laughs> that could, that could, Michael Myers could be a real person. I mean, in some circumstances. I, uh, 
Ghostface could be a real person. I know you don't dislike Halloween or Scream, but like maybe it's the way that the movies are set up. Uh, I think like the music is obviously supposed to give us some kind of mood. It's supposed to tell us that the killer is coming and uh, I don't want to say it seems silly, but it, it in a sense it does kind of seem unrealistic in those movies. Maybe that's what the disconnect is. I don't know. I think maybe it's even just the fact that like it's maybe mundane things that are happening like spelunking that are sort of twisted in this way to kind of be horrifying. Whereas these slasher movies are purely about the killers and stalking people and just killing mercilessly and just not even caring who or why kind of. Some of them are. I also want to know though why you think um, spelunking is mundane If any of our listeners spelunk, we want to talk to you. It's not mundane, but it is, I mean, it's, it's something that is, you know, they talk about it in the movie where like they map out these these different trails and stuff. Yeah. I would never do it in my life. Them talking about their plan freaks me out. (laughs) Literally. Oh my God. Everything about that. Just, I would never do that. I don't even like. Uh, in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, he kind of like finds this cave and that's what becomes like the Bat Cave. And you see right. him sort of, you know, I don't even like that. I'm like, how do you know you're going to be able to get out of there? What if it caved in on you and then there's no movie? <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's true. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about this one? What is it? Mr. Magorium. Oh my God, Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Uh, <laughs> Jordan has been trying to get me to watch this movie for a while. I mean, it's like come up. I've never like been like, no, I'm not watching that. But it's just <laughs> not come up on the list. And I don't know where it was streaming or something, but it just presented itself. And you were like, I just really want to watch this. And you showed me like, what, the first like two minutes of the movie. And I was like, yep, I'm going to watch this whole thing. I love this very much. <laughs> It's it's a silly kids movie. I like but, it more than you do now. I think yeah, because like you, you're like oh, you know, there's flaws, and I'm nope, flawless, perfect, amazing, <laughs> beautiful movie starring three amazing actors that I love, and and oh, and I love that little boy. He's so good. I don't know him, but like Eric, Eric is yeah. His name. He was yeah. so oh my gosh, he was like instantly likable. <laughs> I just. uh I thought it was a really fun movie. And even though there were little parts that were geared towards, you know, the, the fantastical for children, I still really enjoyed the story. And, um, yeah, it's like, sometimes you need something that's just whimsical and uplifting, you know, because we, we watched a lot of like horrific shit this weekend. (laughs) And, Uh, then we watched Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> it's it's like a it's a silly cheesy kids movie, but there's like the dialogue in that is really great. Oh my like, it's, god, I really like it. There is a point in time where Dustin Hoffman says to Natalie Portman, "Life is an occasion. Rise to it." And I was like, "That's probably not something that those writers wrote. That's probably something that's <laughs> been written." You know, yeah. and on on little memes and uh, inspirational posters and stuff like that in the past. But I want it on my fucking tombstone. That's <laughs> beautiful. But even the scene that sticks out in my head, and this is even a silly situation because they, they go into like a clock store and they set all of the clocks to go off at the same time when really they could have just waited the hour for them to all go off on the same time. But they, you know, they change them all. And Natalie Portman's like, all right, I think it's like 37 seconds. She's like, all right, in 37 seconds, they're all going to go off. Like, what do we do? And Mr. Magorium goes into this whole thing about, oh, there's like so many possibilities that we can do in 37 seconds. We're breathing, we're living, we're making moments. And it's just really sweet. And it made me cry. And it's just, it's a fun time if you go in knowing that it's not something you should take seriously, but you can still be inspired from. So I, I don't know. I'm glad we watched it. And that Spaceballs is a win and Mr. Magorium's a win. I think next is Baby's Day Out. I really do. It's maybe what? It's Baby's Day Out. Oh, Baby's Day Out. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. I mean, I, I'll give it to you. you. You've been batting a thousand lately. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. I'm. Did you have any others? Yeah. I watched some movies while you were at work. I watched... 
the Mitchells versus the Machines, which I fucking loved. I knew you would. Oh, my God. I knew you would. I had so much fun. I don't even know if I wrote that. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought it was so much fun. I can't, I gave it a six out of ten. That's I don't, I would give it higher now that I've sat with it, I guess. I don't know why I gave it a six. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie, and I thought it was really funny. Uh, I watched it as I was, like, cleaning, but on my cell phone, which kind of felt <laughs> perfect with that movie because it's all about cell phones and shit. Yeah. But that family is really adorable. I love the progressiveness of some of the things in it. I just think like if you can sit down and watch a cartoon that maybe is more family centric, but is still very of the of the time, I think you'll really enjoy this movie. I also watched like over the course, I like three different attempts to finish this damn movie. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And I really, really was excited for this movie. And guess what? It's kind of slow and boring. And I I hate to say that because I really love the other two Conjuring movies. But like the pacing that James Wan has nailed, I think it's Michael Chavez is the director. He directed uh, The Curse of La Llorona. He just doesn't have down yet. And that's okay. I mean, it still like has a good story. And I freaking love Julian Hillard, who is uh <laughs> um Billy. Billy right? and WandaVision and Luke in House on or House on Hill. Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> yeah. It's all yeah. the same words. I just mixed them up. Um <laughs> And he's in that, and he does like a. I mean, it, it kind of starts with him, and he does a crazy good job. I was like, "Whoa, this kid's like he, <laughs> they." He's probably gonna have to be in therapy because of the crazy shit that they have made this little boy do. Have you seen his? I feel like you brought up his Instagram before. And I now love I his, Instagram his Instagram so much. Yes, he did like a Q and A, and people are like, "How like how are you doing after that?" He's like, "Oh, it was fine. I did so much fun. I got to do my T Rex growl and." It was, it was really adorable. I don't. I think he's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's adorable. But I, yeah. I just think he'll have some repressed memories someday. Okay, I watched Willy's Wonderland. Nicholas Cage's car breaks down. Nicholas Cage is just some guy we don't know anything about, and he's just driving, and uh, he doesn't speak. He does not say a word. His tires get blown out. Somebody leaves something in the road to to slash his tires, basically. And this guy that owns this place called Willie's Wonderland, which is like a fucked up Chuck E. Cheese, is like, hey, if you clean this overnight and you just – if you have this done by tomorrow morning and you have it all cleaned up, I will pay for your car to get fixed. And the Willie's Wonderland has some fucking dark secrets and some, <laughs> some really scary fucked up shit happens. And it is scary and fucked up. But it's also so corny. It's so corny. Like, what the hell, man? I just, I don't know. I was kind of looking forward to this just because I don't know why I was looking forward to it. I don't know. I just, I I just was. And it just <laughs> did not work for me. Sorry. I do not recommend that you watch it. It's extremely violent and kind of scary, but it just, just does not materialize. And Nicolas Cage literally doesn't speak, <laughs> and it just makes no sense. I don't know why he doesn't speak. You get the feeling like he's not—he's probably not mute. You know, he's just like a cowboy that can't speak or something. I'm too cool for vocabulary. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, it was um, never on my watch list, so <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think one. it was. <laughs> then Little Monsters, which has been out for a while, but I just was uh, curiosity I've, got me. Yeah, I started that a while ago and never finished it. Is it is it worth the wait? Okay, well the beginning of that movie is like it takes a minute to get into, and you're like, wait, yeah. this is not this is not the movie that I signed up for. I want Josh Gad and Lupita Nyong'o with zombies and little kids, <laughs> and it takes a little bit to get into it, but once it does, it's really cute and silly, and I I had fun with it. It was certainly good enough to occupy like an hour and a half <laughs> but it's it's definitely not a kids movie and it's definitely not your typical zombie movie because you know how like zombies these days will run after you and stuff yeah like these zombies like zombies. don't know what to do these zombies are just like <laughs> bumping into you and shit they're like just swaying around like they'll eat you if if you 
I guess if the script wants them to, but you can also walk right past <laughs> them and they're just, uh, it's, it's silly, but I still, I enjoyed it. The only other thing for me, uh, and there's a tiny little story that goes on with this. If you've not listened to the, we explain movies episode of horse girl, I highly recommend it. It is like one of their best episodes. And they kept telling me that. And I fully deserve to be like shunned for this. But I think the whole time I was expecting it to be some kind of like hallmarky or lifetimey movie. Yeah. I think I might have gotten it confused with Horse Sense, which is another episode they did very close to it with another guest, I think. That's Dakota's um, episode. Oh, is it? I think so. Shit. Yeah. Shit, shit, shit. Maybe I just got them, conf- them confused and was like, I, I really can't do these like these hallmarky movies. My podcast app does this thing where it, it kind of picks up where you left off and it just keeps going back to that episode. And I had a long trip this week. I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just listen to it. And I come to find out that it's the, that really creepy movie with Alison Brie on Netflix. And I was like, Ooh, I'm so into this. I'm going to listen to it. I listened all the way up to the halfway point. I got home and I watched this movie. I am so sold. I love this movie so much. It is fantastic. Oh, awesome. That's great. It is right up my alley. I love it so much. It's given me like horror sci-fi space vibes. And I, I, oh, just inject that shit into my veins. I felt the exact same way. I was like, okay, this is probably one I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna listen to. (laughs) Like I, like horse girl. I don't know. It just does not, uh, it's so good. Yeah. But it doesn't like reach out to me and grab me. But, uh, (laughs) I certainly am going to, listen and watch now yeah per your recommendation that, that's great the episode is is just as good as the movie it's oh it's so fun it's so <laughs> fun oh my god i don't know if you'll like the movie as much as i do because it is one of those like open-ended what's really happening kind of things um but it's oh it's just so fun i love it so much and the performances are amazing alice Bree did such a good job cool but that's it for me unless we want to talk about just very very briefly the shows that we watched which was Loki. I watched the first episode of that. I haven't seen the second. Loki is... I've seen the second episode. Loki is my favorite TV show that they've done. And I am head over heels about both of the other TV shows that they've done. <laughs> and Loki yeah. is so good in, in a, such a unique way. Guys, just watch Loki. I mean... Uh, even just that first episode sold me. It's like... It's probably some one of my favorite things that's come out of the whole MCU. I think it's just so fun and clever. It's really good. And the second episode is so good. And you need to watch it before it gets spoiled for you. Because there is a I will. big revelation. And it's really fucking good. I will. I will for sure. I have one movie that I need to watch today. But I'll try to get to it tomorrow. How is this already so long? Okay. I know. So, oh. Jennifer's body. No, no. One more thing. Can we talk about... Oh, Mayor of Easttown? Yeah. Oh my then, god. We're only like two episodes in. But oh my god, it's so good. I'm hoping we have some time after recording today to watch some more because I'm uh, I love it so much. <laughs> Dying. I it's, it's really so good. good. It, yeah. it maybe give it like just watch the first episode. Like it 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 grabs you pretty quickly, but if you're like confused as to what's going on, just wait. Wait, just watch the first episode. You will be absolutely hooked. And uh, I mean, the show's been out for a little while. I mean, it, you know, it already has its season finale. I don't know if there will be more, but um, so people may have already watched it. But we're on episode two, and it's fucking rad. It's Kate Winslet with like a Philadelphia accent. Like, what else could you possibly want? There's nothing in the world yeah. that's better than that. And there's there's nothing better than watching that and having you geek out every time <laughs> anybody pronounces anything Philadelphian. <laughs> Have you? Did I show you? So someone at work showed me this after talking about the show. There's an SNL clip of them like making fun of you this sent me show. That. Yes. Yeah, murder of my dirter. <laughs> yes, it's, it's so fucking good and so fucking funny. Uh, I miss Philly so much. I went to school there, and I it's they're my people. And just hearing that accent again, it was just it was so refreshing. So <laughs> love it. I love it so much. All right, now we can move on to uh, the reason why we are recording tonight. Jennifer's body. Yes, indeed. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Jennifer's Body is like a comedy horror movie that came out in 2009 and was directed by Karen Kusama. Uh, Karen Kusama directed The Invitation, 
which I think is, is it still on Netflix? It's somewhere on streaming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix. And The Invitation is one of the <laughs> fucking raddest. Oh my yeah. God, it's so good. I love that movie. It's just like a master class in individuals being able to relate to each other. It felt like a play. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Oh, so, so good. That would make such a great play. Oh my God. It would, awesome. totally. Yeah. That'd be Karen Kusama dope. is a fantastic director. Not only was this movie directed by Karen Kusama, it was written by Diablo Cody. And I think Diablo Cody's uh, nuances can be felt very hard in this film. <laughs> I totally believe that Diablo Cody wrote this. <laughs> the things that I'm about to say about this film, like I totally disagree with, and it sucks. This movie has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 35% audience score. Wow. And I've heard this several times, and I totally agree that this movie was marketed wrong. It was marketed towards people that were just going to watch it because they found Megan Fox attractive. So if you go back and watch some of the trailers, it's really not clear what the, the whole story is about. You don't really get to see that Amanda Seyfried is actually the star of the movie. Right. And uh, that the movie is not really that much about Jennifer. When you get into the film and you, you know, were expecting it to be all about hot Megan Fox and you get a really like feminist horror comedy, you might be a little disappointed. I certainly was not. It's become a feminist cult classic. Um, we are celebrating it because it is pride month and it means, (laughs) it means a lot to us. It's not perfect. I know you were saying that there were, it's yeah. It surprised me how often they use the R word. Like they use that so many times as if they were getting paid for it. And there were some like racial things about a nail salon too, that I was like, this is weird, especially coming from Diablo Cody that just kind of didn't sit well with me. But one of the things that I was thinking when I was watching this movie is it surprised me that this isn't more like Mean Girls in how quotable it is and how Mean Girls just took, you know, pop culture by storm. And even people are quoting it to this day. There are some gem lines in this movie. Oh, my God. And why have they not caught on? They are spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. My like my favorite line in cinematic history is my tit. <laughs> that is the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> and like where it falls in the movie is also extremely funny. Yeah, yeah. I also loved I'm having the best day since like Jesus invented the calendar. Yeah. And <laughs> And then when Chip's little sister's like, you knock it off, Chip, you're a penis cheese. <laughs> Killed me. Killed me. Do Just you buy all me. your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, you're butch. <laughs> she, said, she said nice hardware, Ace. Yeah. It smells fucking like Thai food it. in here. Have you guys been fucking like... <laughs> These were things that resonated with me, but I totally understand. Like, I wish this was more in the uh, cultural zeitgeist because... Yeah. Uh, not that, not to say Mean Girls is a better film. I like Mean Girls better. I think it's just a, a better constructed film. But this yeah. film definitely has, again, like you said, some incredible lines in it. And I really like all the performances. Megan Fox, I think, is doing the best work she's ever done. She was good in it, yeah. Uh, I love Amanda Seyfried. I think everything she does is, like, I've never seen her deliver a... shitty performance and this is no exception and it's crazy how much you can dumb her down to make her not look just stunning because she is really freaking beautiful and they don't you know what i mean like they they really kind of make her appear so mousy compared to megan fox yeah and the ending of this movie is so good from the point where she busts through the window (laughs) You don't think that's even just the littlest bit silly? No. I rolled my eyes just a little bit. I was I think I think it's because we were never really given that setup whatsoever. If we were told that like before that moment happened, told that she could get she could get abilities. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Like you see her kick that lady and she like flies. So you could go back and realize, "Oh, she's juiced." And <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess so. Her being like, tonight's their last show. Yeah, that was good. Talking to the guy she's hitchhiking with. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, so funny. Oh, uh, speaking of low shoulder. Low shoulder? Is it low shoulder? What is Something shoulder. What are you trying to The band. The band that... Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's something shoulder. I'm pretty sure it's a low shoulder. The music in this movie slaps so hard. I love it so much. It's like the emo scene, like alternative Mean Girls. Like this is yeah. these are the people that I hung out in high school with. This is the kind of music that they listen to. This I've seen this movie. I think the first time I saw this movie was like in college, maybe like my senior year of college. And this brought me back to high school. And I, I hadn't even seen it in high school. It was great. <laughs> I loved the music in this. Yeah, it does have good music in it. And so I know like Adam Brody is in it, obviously. But like the fact that Chris Pratt is in this movie and has like yeah. almost <laughs> no, there's like no point that he's there just shows you like how little Chris Pratt used to be utilized. Yeah. I mean, he obviously now like once he got the Guardians of the Galaxy gig, he became a absolute superstar. And now he's like right in all the big action movies. But uh, he used to be like the guy that was just in the bar. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I've seen him play like the best friend in movie. It's just, it's crazy how little he was utilized. Right. Because I, I he's beautiful. I don't believe uh, in a lot of things that he believes in, but he <laughs> is beautiful. Yep. I can tell you that this movie cost $16 million to make and it made $31 million at the worldwide box office so it just about broke even probably especially yeah. now that it's i'm sure it gets rented and yeah uh obviously it's it's on streaming i didn't pay for it is it on i think it's on hulu i i watched it on hulu yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm sure that it has turned somewhat of a profit over the years but again i am just saddened by the fact that Critics say it's a 45% because I think it at least deserves to be fresh just for what it is. Like, just take it as what it is. I think it is clever enough, funny enough, and kind of scary enough to be a recommend rather than like a a don't watch this. (laughs) Especially during Pride Month. Hopefully, like, you know, uh, this is such a weird comparison. You know how The Shining got a revisit from a lot of critics? They were like, actually, this is actually much better than we thought. Maybe in like 10 or 15 years, they'll be like, you know what? Jennifer's body really is, you know, one of the greatest (laughs) films. They'll put it right beside like E.T. and Jurassic Park. and The Spielberg classics. Yeah. The Spielberg classics and Jennifer's body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Megan Fox eaten guys. Okay. Also, um, all of the men in this movie are gorgeous. Like, okay. So when I was in high school, I, uh, had a thing for like bushy headed guys. So chip, I, he yeah, is cute. just really cute. Yeah. Um, obviously Chris Pratt is like, uh, oh my god Adam Brody um, even the guy that she eats you remember the guy that she she's like several. up against a tree the like the first the football yeah. guy yeah. yeah oh yeah he was cute yeah for sure I'm like goodness gracious <laughs> I don't know what else to say about Jennifer's body we can move on to another thing that we watched uh, or at least I watched I don't know I, yeah you've watched it since uh, our last episode where we talked about shit that we watched. We watched yes. Vivarium. I did a lot more than just watch Vivarium. This what last did you do? Tell us all about weeks. what you did. Uh, so, as you all know, our aunties over at We Explain Movies, they had me on for an episode where I helped Courtney explain Vivarium. And it was just such a phenomenal time it was so much fun i cannot thank the ladies enough for for letting me do that it was great it was great and i just i just had some like follow-up thoughts and i just figured we could review it now that you have seen it uh and sort of just talk about it what were your thoughts i i did listen to the episode before so i knew what happened 
but I don't know that I was ready for how beautiful this movie was, how yeah. awkward and unsettling it is. It really, really drives home the tone very well. The boy's voice is even scarier than Courtney said. Like, it's even worse. Uh, it The boy in this movie, if you guys haven't seen it, I don't think this is like a spoiler or anything. Well, we are going to spoil this, so yeah. But just... uh, yeah, so go watch it, but because it is good. <laughs> but the boy in this movie, uh, his voice is not his own. It's like dubbed for some weird reason, and it's so alarming to me. I don't know why. Ugh. <laughs> I can't stand it. So I saw this movie before... I had even known that I was going to be on the podcast and it was a movie that I really, really enjoyed. But the whole time I was like, this is something that would be so great for the, we explain movies format. And it's things like his voice. It's things like the thing on the TV. It's things like the, the falling down the dimensions that like they're intriguing enough that you can explain, but it would still really trigger someone to be like, Oh, I want to see what that looks like. Or I want to That's know a what really that sounds like. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is the perfect movie to do for their format. And I'm so glad that I did it. Um, and I'm glad that you watched it as well. I'm, I'm glad that you saw it and enjoyed it. Yeah, I am. I am too. And, uh, the description of what he's watching on the TV as like being like Keith Haring paintings, that is perfect because that's exactly <laughs> what they look like. That's that's immediately like what would have come to my mind if I didn't already know that's what y'all said. So I know that in y'all's episode, you talk about how Imogen Poots does such a, an incredible job and she outshines uh, Jesse, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. I think Jesse Eisenberg did really good though. I th- I really liked him in this movie too. And the fact that so often Jesse Eisenberg has to be like the smartest guy in the room in movies. And <laughs> it's always very snarky. Uh, this movie didn't feel like that at all. And I was actually very impressed at his restraint. This movie's very simple. It just kind of is just life uh, for a while. I mean, obviously they're, they're stuck in this place, but because <laughs> there's no one else there and because it's just all the, same thing every day and it is a it is a simple film but Mm -hmm. it's so well crafted and definitely well acted that i was like engrossed the entire time (laughs) good yeah i'm glad and the ending the ending of this film is so good and so fitting with the tone and the theme and the message of this film because like i understand if if it's a if I, I think I get the point of it all. Like, I think it makes enough sense that this is either a creature or an alien sort of doing that same uh, thing that, like, the cuckoo bird does where, right. you know, takes takes over the, the nest and forces you to raise its child or whatever. So right. all I have to say, okay, <laughs> the ending of this film is amazing. I don't know. I probably just went off in a bunch of tangents. I was like... Oh my God. And I knew what <laughs> happened, but I was like, Oh my God, it's so good. This is so clever. I love movies that I can't even think of any right now, but I love movies that show you that what just happened is just going to happen again and again and again mm-hmm. and again. Do you know what I mean? Like there are other movies out there like that, but yeah, I can't think of them. The one, so the one glaring one that I brought up in their episode. I won't say it now because it's a spoiler for this specific movie, but it was something that I tried to gauge like who I wanted to explain it with. And I brought this movie up to Kayleen and I was like, yeah, these movies are kind of similar. And in the, I'm so embarrassed because in the episode they're like, oh yeah, like these themes are similar and I can see how it's sort of like, you know, it makes you question things. And both of these movies are really, you know, I get how you would compare these two movies. And for me, it was literally like, I didn't really see any similarities between these movies, except for the fact that they like repeated themselves in the be- the beginning was the end. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. For some reason, I cannot think of the movie that you're talking about. <laughs> Shit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and so these girls are like, oh yeah, I totally see the similarities. And I'm like, oh, I, to me, there's nothing in common except for this one thing. Like <laughs> you could never compare these movies in my eyes. So they're just trying I'm to make glad you feel better. They, yeah. <laughs> no, I can definitely like see if anything the claustrophobia, the seclusion of just being 
stuck in a house. That's similar. And the fact that it serves more as an allegory than like a literal narrative. Yeah, yeah. I I don't disagree that it is like and I just really freaking liked it. I really thought that it was good. And I thought y'all did a wonderful job explaining it. And I'm like hella nervous uh, for when I go. Because if you guys listen to that episode, they say they're bookending it. Or some episode. I don't know if it's that particular one. But in some episode, they say they're bookending their their uh, their round with us so jordan went first and i'm going last and uh i don't even know what movie i'm doing yet (laughs) you'll you'll do great you'll do an amazing job i'm nervous but at least i have someone else with there with me i think it's kimmy right yeah i think kimmy's the person i'm doing it with that's gonna be so fun oh i can't wait i think we will (laughs) slay but i don't even know what movie it is so you got time. All right, say some more stuff about Vivarium, and then let's go. Um, so just uh, I, you know, listened to the full episode and I rewatched the movie since, and there are just some things that I kind of wanted to bring up discussion-wise. Just some small things that we brought up during the episode that maybe I want to expound upon. I think expound, um, expound. expound. I don't know. If expound, I that my right. brother. Is that the right word? I don't know. Present and explain a theory or idea systematically and in detail. I'm about to expound, bitches. I know there's a lot of discussion in the episode about uh, maybe what this movie was trying to say. And I think the the conclusion was that it was mostly about how suburbia and trying to be this like perfect nuclear family is like bad. And I don't think I immediately understood that or connected with that theme uh, while I can understand kind of why that was the case, I think it took me watching it and listening to it a couple times to make me realize that like these creatures are based off of mimicry. That's the whole the whole point of them throughout the entire movie is just to copy and to mimic and to learn from these people in order to like reproduce and further their species. Like that's that's the whole point of them. And what that does is it sets it it presents us with a view of suburbia from like a source that's outside of humanity that isn't like directly inside suburbia. And I think at first I was trying to find the suburban themes within Gemma and Tom. And I think that's not the right thing to do because I don't think it's there. And I feel like if it was, it would be like they would already be pregnant uh, they maybe ha- would already have a kid uh, and they're just like looking for their next home. They're trying to expand their house. And really, that's not the case. They're not even married. They're just a boyfriend and girlfriend. And this little trip was just like a it was a thing. It's like, hey, let's try it. We've we've been to so many houses. Let's try this this yonder place, whatever it is. And then they got stuck. And I don't think that they're the image of suburbia. I think what we're meant to take away from this is the alien or creatures view of the typical American slash European life. But yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been a much different movie if they, if it really was nailing down that like cuckoo bird idea and like the, the whole house suburbia is bad by them looking for something like this. Uh, Like if, if, if she did have, if they did have a kid with them and maybe something happened to the kid, like maybe, maybe the two kids fought, maybe the kid Martin and their kid fought and like something happened there. Like, I think that would be more of a brood parasite metaphor yeah. than anything, but um, I don't know. It was, it's a super fun movie, uh, even if it's not perfect. Uh, and it was just, it was a blast. I have two things I want to say about yeah, go your it. point. Okay. First, I do get the whole suburbia bad thing because like, okay. So if you, uh, <laughs> if you dropped, like me like if say if me and you were dropped into this place or whatever uh we would kill that kid like three days in we'd have (laughs) killed we'd have put him in the car and neither of us would have been the voice of reason that kid would have died (laughs) absolutely like i could not take this this is a horrific scenario Mm -hmm. like that alone and i love these movies where they're horror movies like salt shaker new york (laughs) 
that is a horror movie too, but it's not presented yeah. like a horror movie. And this movie yep. is a little bit more than that, but they're both very unsettling in very different ways. They're both able to, yeah, to hit home that, that very similar feeling. I get that. But it's not like your typical horror movie, even right. though it's horrific what's happening. And so that was, whereas like the descent is horrific, but it, it does sort of wind up being a regular horror movie. Oh, okay. And then I thought it was really cool that like Jesse Eisenberg is burying the birds at the end. And then like he spends like the whole movie digging the grave to yep. bury them. I did notice that too. I, was, I think it was the second watching. I was like, oh, he's burying, he's burying two dead birds. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, that's another thing. I think I even brought this up in the episode, but it was something that like, there are a lot of movies that I don't understand even watching it five times. And and even after a whole take three episode on these movies, I'm still confused about like what they're about. But I think this one was very like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh my God. That that's just riddled with symbolism I that I can't even comprehend that subtext. <laughs> no, but like for this movie, I think it was, it was simple and it was easy to understand. And the, like everything was there right in front of us. And, it was something that we could really grasp and digest even just with one or two viewings. So it was mm-hmm. a simple movie. It was fun and it was like creepy and, and I love that shit. It was, it was even funny because of some of the, yeah. it was like un, uncomfortable funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that help turns into fuck you on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then like, even at the end where she's like, I'm not your fucking mother. And he's like, yeah. what? And she's like, I'm not your fucking mother. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And we, I was rooting for her the whole time. Like, fuck Jesse Eisenberg. He was kind of being a dick. See, I just didn't mind him. I didn't like when he was, like, really aggressive at her uh, when he was trying to kill the kid. But I just killed the kid, w- w- like, completely without anyone's permission. I would have just killed him. Um, like, once I realized that we were stuck and nothing mattered, that motherfucker would have been dead. <laughs> I don't kill real kids, though. I just want to make that clear to the FBI agent that's listening and all our uh, listeners. Just the fake ones. The ones with the weird voices. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, so we watched a lot of fucking movies, and uh, that's our thoughts on all of them. We hope you're all doing well. And, God, this is how – these are not quick. We never do them quick. We (laughs) talk about way too much shit for them to ever be quick takes. We need to just call them, like, ridiculously long takes – 